have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. As if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. yourselves to brutes, men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. <laughs> everybody it is reality rants i am jason burmis brought to you by redvoicemedia.com and look first of all i'm not a huge fan of even having to go over the mass shootings i hate talking about dead kids not fun not my favorite don't enjoy it um i'll tell you what as soon as uh this started to make the rounds as the big story yesterday, I tried to stay away from it because I knew if I didn't, I would sit there and I would watch witness accounts and I would hear things over and over again about dead kids I didn't want to. And then later in the day, I was watching World War II in color. I tell you guys a lot that, um, you know, I watch American Heroes Channel for the archival footage. It's, it's kind of like what the History Channel used to be, right? Where they used to tell you about World War One and World War Two, and and quite frankly, in this section of World War Two, in color, it wasn't like they were sympathetic or softening what was going on, aka carpet bombing. Why? How am I bringing up carpet bombing? with a school shooting and children. Well, for those that don't know what carpet bombing was in World War II, it was the decision by the Allied forces that they would just bomb and kill civilians and just take out the infrastructure and hurt them. And when you, and you really look back on it, it only expanded in the sense of nuclear strikes in two places in Japan against civilian population, period. So why am I bringing up the school shooting? Well, they're showing archive footage of Dresden in particular. And they had done some carpet bombing before that in which you had 40,000 plus civilians die. Dresden's kind of well known uh, because it was fictionalized in uh, some rather uh, large stories. I remember I can't off the top of my head remember what it was, but I remember I read it as a kid and it was like a weird time traveling story. 
But I saw dead kids last night. You know, when you're watching video from almost 100 years ago now, 1940s, and they colorize it, there's that historic feel. But when I'm looking at dead kids lined up, something doesn't sit right. You know, it's it's not fictionalized. It's not a game. And, and I think that most of us that's, that have a sense of humanity realize this. So what I'm not going to do is, you know, I'm going to make sure I'm going to double check right now because, yeah. With the New York Post story, although I want to read it, I don't want to show this person's face because at the end of the day, I don't want to give these people any more attention um, than they're going to get because the face is everywhere. Now, I watched Tucker Carlson last night, and apparently Audrey Hale identified as transgender and I think that means transitioning into a male from the pictures I've seen. If, if you saw my thumbnail, I was comfortable with putting a still from the camera with where you just see what is the attacker like there because you don't see the person's face. Okay. Let, let's start off with the obvious and what I see running with these things again and again and again and again. No matter, you know, what the other background is of this person, is that they are mentally ill and they're usually on psychotropic drugs, period. Now, in the second hour, I'm probably in the, in the paid portion of it, uh, or you can go listen to it, of course, free every day over at the infowarrior.podbean.com. And, and look, we also release every two weeks free over at redvoicemedia.com. Just like yesterday, there was a new video, another new video of, of almost another hour um, is over there. And I'm going to be posting some stuff on uh, YouTube later today. I had to get some stuff from my old computer. We got this new setup, the whole nine. Yeah, I just find it difficult to talk about dead children. I'm just, I'm going to, I'm not, I'm going to be honest. Okay. But, but this person clearly in order to do that. And from what I'm reading, indiscriminate killing, et cetera, you are mentally insane. No doubt about it. You are a psychopath. Um, but what drove you there? What drove you there? Cause we're all talking about mental health and this and that. If the mental health is going to be giving you pills, and let's just say it, biological females are not usually the ones that are responsible for this. Remember the one on, uh, uh, like out in the middle of the street where the kid had body armor and killed his sister too on top of it before he was gunned down by cops? All sorts of meds. All sorts of meds. And, and what really frustrates me about this is we kind of know the answer what's doing it. and it's those drugs and here's the thing twofold this works for the establishment number one they'll just continue their huxley brave new world drug and numb you society and pushing that okay and when you look at gender dysmorphia let, let, let's start with something 
any of any of these issues we're talking about, whether it's mental health or a gender issue or any of it, it starts with the person not being happy. Right? We've all been there. It's not sunshine and rainbows all the time, guys. Right? I, it's not for me. <laughs> I, I doubt it is for you. Okay? Uh, life is ebbs and flows. Often, you know, I, I'll feel the best once I've accomplished some goals, when I knock things out. I don't love getting up at five in the morning, everybody, but I love the opportunity to sit with you guys for a couple hours, go over what I think is not only the important stories of the day, but then integrate that with other information I've accumulated over the years and kind of break it down for you. So that's why in the second hour, I told everybody that I had recently found my Code Red documentary. Um, and Code Red had to do with the Nicholas Cruz school shootings. Now, I want to be very clear about that as well. I, I believe Nicholas Cruz murdered children, murdered kids in his school, 100%. I don't think that's fake. Never thought that's fake. Um, I've always questioned whether or not there was a second shooter in that incident and more to it because of the drills that were being run that day and um, the overall evidence. Now, I, I think that the idea of a purposeful stand down, for instance, has kind of been disproven. They had their hearings. They reprimanded one of the police officers uh, that I feature in it. Previously, the video has been taken off of YouTube when we put it up with We Are Change. So that's why we're not even going to try to play it here, okay? But, you know, once again, you have a biological female doing this. You have to wonder, did they ha also have um, Audrey on hormones or testosterone? Uh, but I I'm, I'm putting it down. Dollars to donuts. I don't think there's any way this person wasn't heavily medicated. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to just flash this reel here quick because I don't want to scroll up and have you see the uh, pictures. But we're going to read the New York Post article as opposed to what we got over here in ABC News right here. OK, um, you know, the, actually, let's read them both. They're, they're quick. And look. The parents of this kid, they got to be devastated, too. They just lost their kid. The, the shooter's dead. Um, three nine-year-old kids, three faculty members, I believe, in their 60s. Uh, very sad state of affairs. Of course, you know, the other thing that this serves the purpose of, other than, you know, being able to drug the population, is to go for guns. I mean, th th this isn't a gun control issue. This is a, a mental health issue in the way that we are separating our populace and especially our youth purposely from reality so that they disassociate themselves not only to be malleable but but eventually move towards that transhuman future right that, that's what this whole transhuman agenda is uh, yeah, make make no mistake about it folks that's that that's the deal 
The shooter attacked students and teachers at the Covenant uh, School in Nashville, Tennessee on Monday was identified by police as 28-year-old Audrey Hale, who law enforcement said may have once attended the school. It certainly looks that way. And see, I'm going to stop it right there because there's the picture of Hale. Uh, a website that appears to be associated with Hale indicates that Hale was a Nashville-based graphic designer and illustrator who created logos uh, and branding to help tell a company's story and bring whimsical and lighthearted feel. A police spokesperson told ABC News that Hale was assigned female at birth and pointed to a social media account linked to Hale that included uh, use of the pronouns he, him. So again, we can stay here and we can act like, again, when, when you have these problems, you are not, you're unhappy, right? But the more you feed into a delusion, I believe, the worse things get. Ignorance is not bliss. Knowledge is actually power for you to navigate situations. And there is no magic pill for anything. There are things you can take that are not pharmaceutical, biomedical, chemical nanotechnology in many instances at this point that that will change the chemistry of your body and your brain and that that's probably not the solution i would go with what nature has to offer over that i would go with sunshine and exercise and trying to talk and confide in somebody doing the work Finding the, the real core of the problem, working towards goals, not pill up, pill up. So as we encourage this movement of um, trans ideology, and I, and I believe, again, it's a transhumanist ideology at the end of the day, on behalf of an unzipped genes agenda, I mean, they put it on paper, folks, we refuse to acknowledge how many of these people that eventually do transition kill themselves now we've also heard about death by cop and now you can kind of combine these two things where that this may be a trend where instead of just suicide because at the end of the day one of the things that people struggle with the most and want the most out of any of this whether they realize it or not is to be acknowledged. In other words, attention, fame. Wouldn't it be cool if everybody will know my name? Okay, that's that's a reality. So, you, you know, I look at this and it's like, well, could this happen again? I'm gonna skip over um, to the uh, other article and read it without, you know, bringing it up here. And by the way, they talked to the neighbor and said, you know, a, a, a nice and, and loving young lady, the whole nine. You know, even the, I believe they talked to the school that uh, Hale attended. And, you know, that, that person was like, yeah, no, good artist, talented. We liked him or her. Nashville police revealed that the 28-year-old who shot and killed six people at Covenant School, including three children, identified as transgender and had a detailed manifesto to attack the Christian school. And, and that's the thing. Th this is more than just 
a quick psychotic break, which I, I believe that these drugs can cause too, right? I mean, all sorts of delusions. I think that's what, where you see families all of a sudden, no criminal history, man or a woman kills their kids and then their spouse and then themselves. Happens. Happens a lot. Oh. Officials said Audrey Hale, a former student, entered the school Monday morning by shooting through a door at the side of the building. There appears to be footage already out there. While inside, Hale killed Evelyn uh, DeCasse, Haley Scruggs, and William Kinney, all age nine, man. As well as custodian Mike Hill and substitute teacher Cynthia Peake, both 61, and school head Catherine Kuntz, 60. Now, apparently the police arrived in like 15 minutes and, and killed the shooter. So, I, again, I'm not I'm not waiting until I know more. I am telling people what the report is. But, I mean, if you don't think that psychotropic drugs have something to do with this. Again, I'm betting dollars to don't. I got dollars. You got donuts. Well, I don't need any donuts. My belly is a little too big these days. Following the shootings, Hale was killed when the uh, encountered officers on the second floor by 10.27 a.m., 14 minutes after the alarm was raised. So uh, this could have been worse. Police said Hale was equipped with at least two assault weapons and a handgun. Uh, and in searching uh, her family home in Nashville, officers found detailed maps and a manifesto of the attack. We have a manifesto. We have some writing. Uh, that we're going to pertain to this day. Nashville Metropolitan Police uh, Chief John Drake said about the discovery, he added that Hale was prepared to do more harm than was actually done. Yes, I'm sure. And that she had drawn up plans to attack another school in the area, but backed out uh, of them because the school was too secure. Oof. So then I do wonder if they went there, if they were just going to, you know, the, the Christian thing really bothers me. And, and, and look, I'm not thumping for religion here, okay? But because you know, I'm conflicted because religion has been utilized again for command and control and death and destruction, you know, and, and conquering of other people. But when you attack a religion that, you know, I've first of all, I've grown up around right? I'm so many Christians in my family. I grew up Christian uh, of usually well-meaning people, good people, good-hearted people. In fact, sometimes people I feel like they get taken advantage of, and that's why you have so many grifters in it, of course. Um, but to, to just want to go murder little Christian kids, I want to throw up. Oh, just gross. In online profiles, Hale had indicated uh, they used he, him pronouns and was also went by the name Aiden. So I, I think we're done with the, with the pictures. It is unclear whether Hale identified as a man or a woman at the time of the slayings. Uh, Hale was notably an alumnus of the small private Christian school, which teaches uh, students in pre-K through sixth grade and has only about 200 students enrolled, according to the website. Again, you sent, you're sending your kid to a private Christian school. 
The school focuses its curric curriculum on biblical theology where students take classes about the Bible along with standard education courses. There's some belief there was some resentment for having to go to that school, Drake told NBC News Lester Holt Monday evening. Um, we don't have all the details to that just yet, and that's why this incident occurred, man. Just, oh. so those are supposedly the weapons that were involved. Drake also said Hale had been indiscriminate with who she targeted once she had entered the school by shooting through the door. She targeted random students in the school. Whoever she came in contact with, she fired rounds, Drake said. Former headmaster Bill Campbell, Campbell said, I do remember her as a former student and that he had records of Hale as a third grader at the school in 2005 and a fourth grader in 2006, but said after that, she does not appear in the yearbooks and he thought she must have transferred. Just, just, oh. Police said Hale had no police record or record of mental health problems and that they are in contact with the suspect's father to plan to release video about the shooting in the coming days. So again, I'm waiting. I, I, if you're, if you're in some kind of gender dysphoria deal, uh, you know, I find it hard to believe that there's no drugs involved whatsoever. I mean, again, again, no record of mental health problems. I'm telling you right now, you're mentally unhealthy if you are not happy with the biological sex that you were born. You can't even accept that part of your identity. Is that wrong to say? Is that bigoted? Is that kooky? Police have also released pictures of the weapons Hale used to assault rifles and a handgun. The Covenant School was founded in 2001 as a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church. Its annual tu tu tuition ranges between $7,000 uh, for three-day preschool and $16,500 for pupils in kindergarten through sixth grade. So again, you know, you you think you're doing the right thing. You got your kid out of public school and then this happens. I'm up. It's just yuck. Yuck. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Just don't like it. Hmm. There was also um, this local piece I had, but I don't think we need to go into any more of it. I mean, we did the first 20 minutes. And, and like I said, over on uh, the other side of the broadcast uh, on the paid portion, redvoicemedia.com slash Jason, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored, we will uh, we'll play Code Red. I think we'll start with Code Red. And then I'll, I'll kind of cut into it. That that film hasn't been seen in years. I got I got to post it up, but uh, the the film just hasn't been around. I think it's an important one. Uh, again, what what do you guys think? Do you guys think this person was on some kind of um, psychotropic drugs, some kind of hormones, or you think this was just clean living, just totally went off the deep end, anomaly, psycho, and wanted to kill little Christian kids? Let's hope not. Let's hope not. By the way, can we get 100 thumbs up? Let's get them up. Uh, I got some other videos, some other stories that I want to hit. Uh, and by the way, I do want to talk about yesterday's broadcast just briefly before we move on. So I got a lot of feedback yesterday uh, all over the place because uh, that video got a decent amount of views over at Red Voice. 
Got a decent amount of views over here, even on YouTube. I think anything that hits over five grand on YouTube is actually big over there. And so that that's big for reality rants. Uh, but I think the band out video has got something like 18,000. Now I had some people accuse me of a clickbait title. It's not a clickbait title. Um, you know, they're like, I heard you for 10 minutes. Get to the damn point. It's a, we talk for an hour 45 to an hour 55 a day. Well, no commercial breaks, which hopefully is changing. Uh, I know that there's a new My Pillow sponsorship for Red Voice. They're spending switch. I just continually get hit to the with the copyright claim for spending switch. Every time I have to put it in, doesn't matter. Every time I've done it a dozen times now. Um, I mean, it gets taken away, but it's such a pain in the ass. So, um, you know, it's reality rants. I'm gonna rant sometimes. So not clickbait. Um, then you have a bunch of people that just want to go on this murder hype train on uh, Robin Williams, even though I think that I presented enough evidence that it wasn't a murder, that it was, again, when your belt's not hanging, when it's in a doorway and you're on a chair and you're leaning forward, that's really not how you commit suicide. Okay. So I don't know if just people would rather think Illuminati murder other than Geez, the guy I really liked, who was funny and a great actor and was in Goodwill Hunting, um, accidentally killed himself through autoerotic association. I get it. I get it. But to me, I'd rather know the truth. Okay. And then just really quickly, um, I had some pushback on the Fetterman stuff. You know, here's the thing I'm not saying body doubles don't exist. I will tell you um, that the adult clone uh, stuff that goes around, that's total jackassery. That's not real. <laughs> oh, Joe Biden's a clone or is being played by Jim Carrey. I'm like, no, no one's playing. No one's. When you see Joe Biden on television, that's Joe Biden. Okay, that's Joe Biden, old, Botoxed up. And God knows what kind of amphetamines they have him on. That's Joe. Okay, he's had a lot of plastic surgery, a lot of plugs. That's Joe. Okay, let's get it out of the way. So there is no Joe Biden, you know, uh, clone or anything like that. And like the the double thing, I don't buy into at all. Sorry. With with him, I've yet to see a, a Joe Biden double. And now the Fetterman thing, I thought I did a really good job of trying to show people on Photoshop how that was him. There were just too many features on that on that big dude that matched up and it's just a you know lighting angle camera lens lighting angle camera lens and we don't do ourselves any any services when we fall for some stuff that uh is not legitimate real doesn't mean you shouldn't question i mean i'm mad at anybody uh but you know let me give you give you one example that does get under my skin i after Ashley Babbitt was shot and murdered, there were videos going around that saying everybody is a crisis actor and that Ashley Babbitt didn't die. And I listened. First of all, the narration is absolutely abhorrent. I want to know who did the narration to that video because it's so utterly disrespectful and over the top and not real that. It, uh, it's, I think, the opposite of what I did in Code Red. 
you know, you're going to watch Code Red. And if you saw the Babbitt video I'm talking about, you know, I, I think that's where we get into trouble, you know, because then people just just will say anything. So, so for instance, one of the one of the big flaws, other than the fact that like everybody that's talking to somebody or touches somebody or whispers to somebody is in on it, you know, other than the fact that you can see literally Babbitt seize up the moment she shot and just lock up. And I, you know, I've watched enough combat sports and just street fight videos that you can't fake that. <laughs> you don't fake that period that you're when you lock up like that that's it either you're you're out or you're out for good so you just it's nature but like one of the things that always stuck out on my head in that video that made, that was so over the top and absurd i saw about you know the whole thing being faked and staged not not true <laughs> uh was that they're talking about the glass that's being smashed being like Hollywood glass. Um, no. <laughs> like the complete opposite of what Hollywood glass is. If you watch that, when they're smashing that glass in, no, that's office reinforced glass. All right, period. Hollywood glass breaks very easily with one strike. Or, you know, in the case that they're trying to mimic something like that, a few strikes. Those people are going to town on that thing, on that glass, period. So, so it's not, there's no Hollywood glass. There's no, you know, they try to say there's some kind of blood bag that's pushing it out. And Harrison Smith, um, who does the morning show over at InfoWars, Someone called in and started talking to him about it and whether she was shot in the chest or the neck. And I'm not quite sure what the coroner's report shows. But there's also another video. I mean, first of all, I think there's three videos of the incident from different angles. This thing is like highly compressed that they try to uh, show. But there's another video of Babbitt being drug out with them doing CPR with her chest open, her breast exposed. And again, God, I don't like watching dead people. Man, it just really bothers me, man. Gets under my skin. Because, you, you know, I'm all about the search for the truth 100% of the time. We all make mistakes and nobody's right all the time. But, you know, I, I just don't know. It, it, it's insane to me. Insane. I'm going to move on. Move on. We got some other stories I want to hit, some other videos I want to hit before we get to the uh, the second end. I never let my girls do a pretty baby. Brooke Shields turns on her mother, asking why she thought it was all right to let her pose naked at 10 and start as a, star as a child prostitute at 11. Man. Just, we talked a little bit about this story yesterday. And, and it's weird, man, because we're going from like child death 
mental illness, fake reports, you know, propaganda, real misinformation. And by the way, um, I've got this misinformation piece that I want to play from Peter Hotez and uh, Nina Jankowitz. That's just, I mean, they're the purveyors of the misinformation, the disinformation. They're going after us for malinformation because it hurts. It's, it's true and it hurts their agenda, right? That's, that's the reality. Brooke Shields said she would never let her children participate in the pornography she was exposed to by her mother as a child. Correct. Correct. The actress was just 11 when she was forced to seductively kiss Keith uh, Carradine, then 27 in 1978 film Pretty Baby, in which she played a prostitute. Miss Shields, 57, said she struggled to understand how her mother, Terry Shields, did not intervene as she was revealed her own daughters, Rowan 19 and Greer 16, refused to watch it. I hope so. In a clip from the upcoming documentary, Pretty Baby Rowan says, it's child pornography. Uh, would you have let us do that at the age of 11? Hell no. No. And yeah, overcome with emotion. This is Hollyweird, everybody. This is it. Take a look. The star's mother was an alcoholic who died in 2012. Miss Shields, an only child, said she could not be angry as her uh, mother was so insecure. The actress has long deflected the blame faced by her mother, who allowed Shields to pose nude for a Playboy publication at the age of 10. But now Shields has admitted, I don't know why she thought it was all right. I don't know. I mean, when you're in those abusive situations, can you imagine? I mean, oh. Hmm. In the two-part documentary being streamed in the U.S. next month, Ms. Shields looked back at her life, including her friendship with Michael Jackson. She denies they were going out and told of her shock at the sex assault claims he later faced. The actress is seen breaking down as she reflects on her childhood in the starlight, dealing with issues from being sexualized as a prepubescent girl to the public shame she felt after losing her virginity as a young adult. So, you know, th this is somebody that actually fared pretty well in the nightmare. You know, raised her own, the exception to the rule, the exception to the rule, not a complete Hollywood mess, okay? Want to play this video. Uh, when I saw this video, um, I thought of the sustainability plan. You know, th See, this is the real deal plan right here. Let me show it to you right here. And, and uh, I, I might go down and kind of like, you know, the Great Reset, a.k.a. New World Order, is the new neo-feudalism. This is it. And they got to trick you into believing that they're about diversity, that they love everybody, right? That they have the solutions. They, 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 and you, you, you are the problem. Let me show you how much they care about diversity and indigenous people. I saw this video and I was just like, this is nutso. <laughs> Come 
listen to people cheering and like laughing too. <laughs> Nothing funny about it. By the way, this guy digging them out and helping them out, he's a goddamn hero. That takes balls. He, he could be literally avalanched over. I'm not sure if anybody else makes it out of here. That might be it. That's it. I mean, if I'm, I'm, who knows if anybody's left? So that, so, so that's your cobalt mine. That's what you're watching. Those are your coal. There's your electric vehicle right there. That's how much they care about equity. Let's turn this right around. That's it, right there. Good stuff. Just, I saw that video and I was just like, my God, my God. But, but hey. Don't worry, Al Gore and John Kerry here telling you uh, I think some one of them says there was going to be like a 75 chance that 10 years ago, again, the, the ice uh, is going to melt in the Arctic, blah, 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 global warming, et cetera, et cetera. There is a 75% chance that the entire North Polar Ice Cap during summer, during some of the summer months could be completely ice-free within the next five to seven years. You have sea ice, which is melting at a rate that the Arctic Ocean now increasingly is exposed. In five years, scientists predict we will have the first ice-free Arctic summer. <laughs> How many times can these people be wrong? And you take them seriously. Ser I mean, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over again and expecting different results. But the problem is that these people just lie and lie and lie and lie and lie and get disproven, but they are getting the, sa the, the, the same results, a.k.a. they've brainwashed a certain amount of the population to believe in complete imagination land. Com Complete and total imagination land. Oh, the, the caps are going. It's all over. No. So we'll, we'll come back to this, but I, I do really uh, I, I like this. This is pretty good. It's pretty, pretty, pretty good. Dude who goes by the name The Researcher um, actually is where I got this clip and that and, and uh, a few other things. It, it, I go to that feed quite a bit, uh, uh, post on the Club of Rome, uh, the Committee of 300, depopulation, really some of the most important topics that are going on right now. All right, let's move down the line here. Let's hit some news, some news here. Thumbs it up, subscribe and share, by the way. Um, still losing subscribers. And make comments, not just 
in the uh, live chat, but underneath, especially if you're watching on Rumble, uh, I, I noticed that even videos with big views just don't get a, a ton of comments. Get the comments in, have a conversation, talk to other users, get in there. So uh, Muskernuts over here is saying that Twitter's worth about $20 billion after the $44 billion takeover. What is my read on that? My read is that this feeds into the narrative of hero Elon takes massive loss for free speech. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Now, I think it's also a, a ploy kind of to give an excuse to what they're about to do, which is to get rid of a bunch of the video content that's been archived on Twitter for years and years and years. Very unfortunate. Uh, I, I think that's a, an important aspect. It basically going to take down most of the Periscope, if not all the Periscope. But also, on top of all that, they're, they're going to get rid of the old school legacy check marks. So, hey, blue check marks, it's not even going to be the same terminology anymore. And, and this sucks because I come to this story and I'm, I'm pissed off. I don't want to acknowledge it, but, you know, that they like they put the the person's face everywhere that you can't even go to a store you brought up yesterday before this happened because you know, it refreshes and you see that person. That makes me mad. I went to all that trouble to not see it. But I guess it's small if you're watching it on the phone. Anyhow, look. Musk is part of the system. He promotes the entire agenda. We know that he is openly talking about turning the Twitter platform into a monetary platform, a banking platform, and everything platform. Just the perfect kind of an app for your social credit score as a Trojan horse civilian system. Now, depending on how far he takes that, depends on how much profit he eventually makes and what the valuation eventually will be. But this is another day in the office. He wasn't the only one that put up the money. There are plenty of other investors to do so. He's a front man, a front man, a front man. Again, he runs Twitter. He runs the boring company. He runs Neuralink. He runs Tesla. He's on the Optimus robot. He's working with CureVac. Let's not forget Starlink. Hey, Blackjack, what about SpaceX? Artemis, Artemis, Artemis. He's just the busiest dude in the world. And he's tweeting two dozen times a day. I thought this was an interesting story. Uh, Crypto Prodigy 23 is abducted and tortured after scamming investors out of $29 million before blowing $12 million on a uh, fleet of supercars, luxury vacations, and a private jet. Apparently, this happened uh, already. And this kid is out. He like called his landlord, tried to get, get a hold of his father to pay the ransom. Not sure how he was able to get away. There's a lot of questions in this one, but just just heed the warning. F around and find out. You know, you may think that, especially, listen, the ego that you have to have after making those uh, sorts of monetary profits and then being around people that are going to essentially cater to your will because of that not not mentally healthy but you're going to if you're if you're really you really want to screw people over you get into the millions of dollars some people just pay somebody a few thousand and make you have a bad day 
Chaos in Israel as Netanyahu fires minister tens of thousands protest in Tel Aviv and block a main highway after PM abruptly removes defense chief a day after he called for a halt to judicial overhaul. So the defense chief is like, hey, Netanyahu's going too far, and we've been talking about this. Uh, Yoav Gallant had been the first senior member of the ruling uh, Likud party to speak out against the current plan. And uh, let's see, we have it right? Yeah, we do have the protesters. First of all, it's good to see people in the streets. Um, where are we on some of some of these issues in the streets? You know, Israel is a small country and they got people in the streets. Just saying. And then uh, I want to show everybody this video over here. Uh, this is allegedly Israeli protesters breaching. <laughs> Now, uh, apparently, they're breaching what was protecting uh, the Netanyahu residents. I don't know what happens after this. I do know that Netanyahu's wife, uh, just a week or two ago, was confronted by protesters and uh, had to be escorted, I think, out the back or, you know, by police or Secret Service, et cetera, et cetera. People are pissed over there. You know, people are pissed. Something to keep in mind. Okay. Now, look, I'm not holding water for Matt Taibbi, but House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan sent a letter Monday to IRS Commissioner Daniel Werfel and Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen seeking explanation for why journalist Matt Taibbi received an unannounced home visit from an IRS agent. Oh. Oh. That's great. Fantastic. Uh, and listen, again, not carrying water, but that's what we want to happen to journalists. You understand? You get it? That's what we want. No, no, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. Listen, they're obviously weaponizing the IRS. The IRS has been utilized in the past to go after political enemies. Uh, I want to believe that Taibi is doing the right thing, that he's starting to come, having to have his come to God moment where maybe he's going to rethink 9-11. Maybe he's already rethought 9-11. Who knows what the Glenn Greenwalds and the Matt Taibis of the world talk about behind the scenes, right? And, and, the, and the Tucker Carlsons. Just saying. So we're going to be keeping an eye on that uh, story. Grant reveals Fed's horrific plan to censor Americans' speech over 500 grants, folks. Over 500 grants to uh, participate in the disinformation, misinformation, uh, and malinformation program. Really an arm of what we call signature reduction uh, inside the military secret undercover army. Uh, our government is preparing to monitor every word Americans say on the internet, the speech of journalists, politicians, religious organizations, advocacy groups, and even private citizens. Already doing it. Already doing it. Should uh, those conversations conflict with the government's viewpoint about what is the best interest of our country and her citizens, that speech will be silenced. While the Twitter files offer a glimpse, yes, a very small glimpse, into the government's efforts to censor 
disfavored viewpoints, what we have seen is nothing compared to what is planned as the details of hundreds of federal awards lay bare. Research, the federal, uh, research by the Federalist reveals our tax dollars are funding the development of AI and machine learning technology that will allow the government to easily discover problematic speech and track Americans reading or partaking in such conversations. Already here, already here. We have to go, listen, you have to go all the way back to key words with carnivore and promise. And, and that's why if you were watching yesterday's uh, premium portion of the uh, broadcast with Alex Carp, first of all, I'll just encourage you to go check out from two months ago, the Alex Carp WEF 30 minute interview. You can find it, it's on YouTube. That's where I got it. But the discussions about how their software has been utilized by the national security apparatus to stop white supremacy, basically, and the uh, far right narrative that would have overtaken them because of domestic bombs the, or IEDs is ridiculous. Hey, did we stop all those bombs on January 5th? We found them before they exploded. Did we get the bomber? Just pipe bombs in D.C. Magic. Ooh, magic. It's, it's ludicrous. It's ridiculous. It's beyond. Okay? Just... But again, they want to go with more narratives. They love the authoritative tone of what happened throughout the COVID-1984 nightmare. They love to be able to go, no, it's not us. It's the United Nations and the World Health Organization. They say it, they're authoritative, you're not. So your misinformation, your disinformation. We need YouTube-like lawsuits, like Berenson did with Twitter. And honestly, with Twitter, once again, it's not, see, Taibi. It's time to just dump all the files that you've looked at. Somebody needs to dump all the files. We need a WikiLeaks-style dump of all the Twitter files, everything, well before COVID. Like, like, let's start going back to when they started banning people, okay? Let's start going back to when they brought in members of the FBI or the DOJ or the CIA or the NSA, or members of the Signature Reduction Program I'm talking about. Let's do that. We're about 11 minutes away, all right, 11 minutes away from us going over to the premium portion of the broadcast. Remember, you can listen live for free over at the InfoWarrior Podbean, but consider it, it's 50 cents, or I'm sorry, $1. I, I, get, I get half, guys. See, that's how you support you support Red Voice Media, you support me. I get half of that juicy dollar if you sign up for that first week, only a buck, and then it goes to $10 a month. And then if you want to really save, you do $100 a year and you lock it in. All I can tell you is that there are new programs on the horizon. And come May, um, we're going to have something really cool set up for you via redvoicemedia.com that I'm looking forward to. Uh, already have a, a great round of hosts with Alicia Pau, Chad Canton, Matt Couch. And uh, I, I believe the Juice Bros are now with us. I'm really looking for a 12-hour block, which is just awesome. I'm so glad to be 
with a, a, an organization that wants to grow. So come over, help grow, redvoicemedia.com slash Jason or redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Sign up today. Okay, I want to play this UN sustainability video because it really locks into what this is. Everything this person talks about with how we, you know we're going to make things equitable, we're going to tie net zero to the economy, and we're going to get rid of poverty because of net zero. What? It's ridiculous. It's a Malthusian view wrapped in rainbows, sunshines, and unicorns of false promises and lies. That's what it is. So uh, let's hit this video. Well, the types of decision-making processes that we need to put in place, which are systemic and which are optimized. We know now coming out of what I call the three C's, COVID, climate, and conflict, and unfortunately, we still have conflict on our doorstep, that we are as vulnerable as the most vulnerable link, that our value chains are completely interrelated, that if we have unholy alliances or dependencies, that that will actually backfire in terms of the way in which we engage with the value chain, in terms of the way in which we take certain access relationships for granted, such as access to food and access to energy. So it is clear that here today, here in Paris, knowing full well some of the backlash that we've had on certain policies, but across Europe in terms of energy poverty, in terms of the way in which we are now dealing with desertification, in fact, in France, because there is going to be a huge issue with the lack of water coming from actually the snowmelt, which we have not had this year, that we must start to address these issues head on, but not only within a European context that we look at net zero as a way to anchor zero carbon, zero poverty, and zero biodiversity loss. And that actually takes systemic approaches. Talk about word salad, but think about that. Biodiversity loss, zero biodiversity loss. Listen, you're genetically modifying the food we eat and the planet we're on, geoengineering is occurring. And you're talking about you're, you're going to, through net zero, through your imagination land, we're going to solve all the magical problems. <laughs> we're going to stop poverty. Zero, zero, zero. This is the Club of Rome, by the way. Like the, the, these are, I mean, that's what you're watching, Club of Rome. All the same talking points. That our current policy approach is not integrated. We've seen that many of our ministries continue to focus on siloed approaches, and we've seen that through the recovery plans. And we see it across not only the European institutions, but also the way in which member states continue their policies. So a green and social recovery is one which must fundamentally be based on a new value set, a new set of principles which we define within the compass. And that compass is hopefully a way in which we can steer a more optimized and more relevant type of policymaking for the 21st century challenges that we have. 
That means a holistic approach, as you can see here with these 10 principles, taking into consideration that we need to look as much at a shift in governments, governance as we do at a shift in prosperity and the way in which we address prosperity. So let's, let's stop right there. Okay, so now redefining governance, sustainable uh, stewardship, stewardship of resources through equitable science-based governance systems. That's world government by unelected bureaucrats that are going to restrict your access. I mean, all, uh, redefining metrics, defining consumption. Are you paying attention? This is the slavery grid. Redefining incentives. This is their stakeholder capitalism. This is their social credit score. This is your carbon limit. Okay? Redefining progress. I mean, the, the language these people use should make you immediately jump back and say, wait a minute, what are you really talking about here? What are you really talking about here? Whoa. At the European level in May, we will have the largest cross-party conference on beyond growth, addressing new indicators to growth. What does that mean, not only within a European context, but the way in which we plan and we partner at the international level? The compass should serve as a stress testing tool to ensure that actually we can move forward in a collaborative way that doesn't remix or reshape the neo-colonial patterns that we have, but actually completely changes that paradigm of neo-colonialism into relationships which are mutually beneficial. They sell you on, this is gonna be the end of the haves and the have-nots. It's collectivism, you can call it socialism, communism. They're looking for a global tyranny. It's right here, redefining competitiveness. Apply collaborative and mission-oriented methods between countries and at company level to enhance global security, or I'm sorry, global societal well-being, particularly for the least well-off. Oh, you saw you saw how uh, concerned they are about the least well-off in that little cobalt mine uh, clip, right? They love it. Love, 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 love it. Love it. Let's let this lady finish up. This is our belief that actually only a holistic approach, similar to this international system change compass approach, is the way in which we can move through not only the European Green Deal, but also the way in which we address our partners. We have seen through the shift and the stresses that we have now in terms of energy that our relationship in particular with Africa is actually continuing a pattern of dependency, but also continuing to push African producers towards fossil energy rather than the reverse. That hypocrisy cannot continue. From a Club of Rome perspective, and also from the collaborative here today, this international system change compass should give us the guidance to actually move in a much more beneficial way where we can look at mutuality 
in servicing both social and green as the way in which we move forward. Social and green as the way we move forward, AKA your social credit score and your carbon credit system. It's right there. They barely mince words. They just make it word salad. Okay. This is going to move over to the uh, premium portion of the broadcast. As I promised, we're going to be playing for the first time in, uh, man, it really hasn't been uh, around in five years. We're going to be playing Code Red, <clears throat> which is my documentary film, my mini documentary film. It's about 26 minutes long uh, on Parkland. And then we're, we'll, we'll have a little discussion about it, you know, because I think these are the issues that we have to worry about. And we're talking about school shootings and that school shooting in particular. So you're getting the first taste over at redvoicemedia.com slash Jason, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored or over on Podbean to listen. Okay, Rockfin, we're going to see you later. You can do it one at a time instead of screwing it up like we did yesterday. Uh, goodbye, YouTube. See you, XSplit. I say XSplit, and it's really Twitter every time because I read it. And uh, we rumbling elsewhere. So that's that. We will wait for our text before we go um, full board over here on uh, the documentary. And it's so funny because, like, back in the day right here, we were banned uh, in so many places. We were using DTube. And DTube is not even around. It just shows you that most of these things do not last. So without further ado, let's get rid of this. And let's play Code Red. In February 2016, your office received a call that the shooter made a threat on Instagram to shoot up a school. What, if anything, was done with that information? Uh, I'm not sure if anything was done with that information. On November 30th, fewer than three months ago, your office received a call from a tipster explicitly saying that the that Cruz could be a, quote, school shooter in the making. According to notes released on that call, no report was even initiated when they got a call saying that this guy could be a school shooter in the making. How could there not even be a report on this one? We've seen training inside schools. We've seen training of law enforcement. We've seen the number of shootings go up every single month. Police have changed their tactics too, as we saw in this 2016 active shooter drill. We just had a training about this, you know, not maybe like six weeks ago. About it. A lot of us probably thought that this was the drill that we were supposed to have, you know, this semester to, to practice. 
Are you really not taking any responsibility for the multiple red flags that were brought to the attention of the Broward Sheriff's Office about this shooter before the incident? 2018, America endured yet another deadly shooting, this time in Parkland, Florida, at Stoneman Douglas High School. According to officials, alleged shooter Nicholas Cruz exits an Uber he takes to his former high school at approximately 2.19, one he had been expelled from a year earlier. The shooter is 19-year-old Nicholas Cruz. He is a former student of Douglas High School. Current students say that Cruz was expelled sometime last year. One has to ask, with so many warnings, how could this have happened? This video obtained by ABC affiliate WBLG, allegedly showing Cruz in a white shirt fighting at school. I just always thought that he was unusual and strange, always sat alone, twiddling his thumbs, keeping to himself, laugh at himself. Cruz eventually expelled after the fight, but Lopez says she and her friends had made multiple reports to school officials before the fight. He texted them, threatening them, saying he was going to kill them and their friends and their families, that he was going to use the guns at home. And he just started talking to me. He was telling me about how they got expelled from two different private schools. He was held back twice. He had aspirations to join the military, and he enjoyed hunting. With multiple reports filed to the Broward County Sheriff's Department. Uh, let's talk about the, the missed red flags. We now, now know at least 18 calls were made to the Broward County Sheriff's Office related to the shooter. The Florida Department of Children and Families. The department investigated Cruz back in 2016 after his mother found a Snapchat video of him cutting his arms. The report says a crisis expert determined that Cruz was not a risk to himself or others. The FBI. Then this bombshell. Someone called the FBI tip line to warn them about Cruz back on January 5th, giving details about Cruz's guns, his desire to kill people, erratic behavior, and disturbing social media posts. He commented on one of my videos that he was going to be a, a, prof a professional school shooter. And I screenshotted that comment and sent it to the FBI. And other agencies, it's hard to imagine how he was able to own weapons in the first place. He was also on unspecified medications, possibly medications we have seen previous mass shooters use. At that time, Cruz was getting counseling. He was also on medication. He, he did uh, get receive medicine. He did get medical treatment. After all this, how in the world was he allowed to legally possess weapons? At 2019 yesterday, 2.19 p.m., the suspect entered the east stairwell, that's building 12, with a rifle inside a black 
soft case at 20 at 221 hours and 33 seconds began shooting into rooms 1215 1216 1214 he went back to 1216 back to 1215 and then to 1213 the suspect then took the west stairwell to the second floor and shot one victim in room 1234 the suspect then took the east stairwell to the third floor he dropped his rifle and backpack ran down the stairs he exited building 12 and ran towards the tennis courts along with others who were fleeing and tried to mix in with the group that were running away later the timeline would be revised claiming Cruz tried to shoot out a window on the third floor. And we've also learned that the shooter broke a third floor window, possibly to take position to fire down on people. After exiting the building, Cruz enters an area Walmart where he purchases a drink at an interior subway. After going to McDonald's at 341, just an hour after exiting the school, Cruz is detained without incident. Training kicked in. He complied with my commands and uh, was taken into custody without any uh, any issues. At first, he's placed in a police vehicle, but then for some reason, an ambulance arrives 20 minutes later and he is put on a stretcher and taken away. First of all, how is the shooter able to lead? This is a large campus, larger than some colleges. If anybody knows anything about Stoneman Douglas High School, it's one of the biggest schools in Broward County. It's huge, it's a huge campus. One with its own police presence. It's always got a large police presence. There's resource officers. Uh, the BSO has a full-time presence on the property, I think. Broward Sheriff's Officer with office, which is responsible for the uh, policing of the city of Parkland. Officer Scott Peterson, apparently the first officer on the scene, would not enter the building. The school resource officer was behind a stairwell wall, just standing there, and he had his gun drawn and he was just pointing it at the building. And you could, shots started going off inside. You could hear them going off over and over. He was just talking on the radio and he never did anything for four minutes. He's the only one with a gun. He's wearing a bulletproof vest and all, you know, he has all that while school security guards, you know, coaches pretty much were running in, shielding kids. Did he tell you why he didn't go in? He did not. Shockingly, he wouldn't be the only one. I'm also told by sources in Coral Springs that Coral Springs police who arrived at the scene uh, saw that three other Broward deputies were standing behind cars, not having gone into the building. What can you tell me about that? And now, evidence is emerging of a standoff. The deputies were told not to enter the building without body cams, which they lacked at the time. There might have been a stand down order, somebody on the radio telling Broward deputies not to enter the school until a SWAT team arrived. What can you tell us about that? I can't tell you anything about that. Police have now claimed they thought they were watching live video footage of the incident that was actually on a 20 minute delay. They are monitoring the subject right now. He went from the third floor to the second floor. But it's now being revealed that police 
ghosts on the scene thought they were following events in real time. What they did not realize is that security cameras inside the school worked on a 20-minute delay. If all this weren't enough, EMTs were prevented from going into the building well after the shooter had left. Some EMS teams requested to go inside but were denied by the commanding agency, the Broward County Sheriff's Office. That source alleged with scanner recordings will reveal that. The timeline, according to many eyewitnesses, is very different from official accounts. Initial reports suggest shooting began outside the school. And we heard the first gunshot and my friends in the front uh, of the room looked around and we were like, we think we heard a gunshot, Mr. Willie, our teacher. And she, she promptly closed the door. But immediately after she closed the door, what this sick person did is he pulled the fire alarm. All, all of a sudden you hear, we're just like, oh my God, what is that? And my teacher's just like, oh no, I think it's just a computer car. So at first we didn't think of anything, but then we heard it again, even louder. We're just like, I don't think that's a computer car. And then all of a sudden the fire alarm rings. Even the student who initially identified Cruz as the shooter expressed he thought he was reloading. He started to take the bullets and load in the gun. I froze. He then said to me, get out of here. It's going to start getting messy. He took it out of like a gun case that kind of looked like a guitar case. Why do you think he spared you? I don't think he was fully reloaded yet. Could this be why Peterson never engaged the subject? Peterson says when the shooting began, he received a call of firecrackers and not gunfire in the area of the 1200 building. We thought there were firecrackers. Uh, I heard the two or three shots, and at first I thought they were fireworks. Most people thought it was firecrackers. Peterson says he ran to the 1200 building and upon arriving, heard gunshots, but believed those gunshots were originating outside. Apparently some of the shooting was taking place outside the building. Radio transmission that I think we may or may not have uh, indicated that someone was injured on, on or near the football field. I have the gunshot victim. He's by the, by the entrance to Westglades on the west side of the school. Does anybody have both cutters? I can get this kid out of the fence. He's stuck in the fence. The coach is with him. See if he can help him over the gate. He was outside and inside at various times. 17 people lost their lives. Uh, 12 people within the building. Uh, two people just outside the building. One person out on Pine Island Road. However, Sheriff Israel tried to spin this. Well, it fits in perfectly. Uh, he could have shot them. He could have been within the school. They could have been outside. A fire alarm was then pulled, which many thought was odd, since they had a fire drill earlier in the day. I hear the fire alarm go off, which I thought was weird because we had already had a fire drill earlier that morning. Because like everyone got out of the classes because we, we thought it was a fire drill. Um, well, it was a second fire alarm that went off today around like 2.22, and we were like suspicious because we already had a fire alarm drill going off, so we weren't sure if this was a real fire drill or not. All of a sudden, the fire alarm shuts off. So I was confused. I was like, what's going on? It's like, I don't understand. So we were first told to evacuate over the intercom. And then all of a sudden, um, one of our principals came on the intercom said, please evacuate the building immediately. So the dude pulled the fire drill. We went outside. Boom, 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 boom. We heard a gunshot. So we're outside then for about five minutes. And then all of a sudden I heard a lot of dang. And I'm like, that's a gunshot. And I started telling my friends, I'm like, man, you're lying. 
And um, then that's when we heard three more. We saw kids run into the building. And um, my teacher was like, why are they all running into the building? There's a fire in there. Some have suggested the earlier drill was an active shooter drill. It was not. Um, we Half of our class was outside because we thought it was a uh, fire evacuation. And this is supposed to be the second one of the day, which we thought was kind of weird. Oh, so you wait a minute. You had already had a drill? Yeah. You had had an active shooter drill? No, we had a uh, fire drill already. A code red is then initiated. We got maybe 15, 20 steps up out of the classroom, and we were told that we were on code red. Uh, we're walking out when administrators begin screaming at us. Um, code red, code red, active shooter. And uh, a lot of people were running out of that building, and the intercom spoke again and told us to code red, which is a lockdown. Code red, did that mean it's an active, active shooter? Sh it's an active shooter, yeah. However, many didn't take it seriously, thinking it was a drill they had been preparing for. We have been practicing drills for months since we got back from winter break and even before that. So not even a, not even a month ago, calling us about what we should do in case an incident like this were to ever happen. We went over a code red, which is gun on campus. We went over that about a month ago and there was rumors going around the school that there would be a fake shooting. Uh, and we all thought it was a drill. So when it first happened, we all thought it was a drill. This is an active shooter drill that we were supposed to have and they were going to shoot blanks off. I thought at the beginning that this was just, it was all a drill, it was just a drill. Um, you initially, I thought it was just a drill because we had been told we would have an active shooter drill this semester, um, that it would be unannounced. Um, and so we thought that this is this was not real and this is just a joke. We had rumors going around the school that the police would do a fake code red with fake armed gun, uh, fake guns, not actual, but sounding real and so when we first heard the two gunshots, nobody did anything because we thought that that was a drill, you know? Like, at first we thought it was some kind of messed up drill going on, but then we started to smell stuff like smoke and gunpowder. One kid here, I spoke to another student here. Today was a fire drill. They had a fire drill and also a, a gun a gun armed drill supposed to be today. Teacher Ernest Raspierski claims he was told earlier in the day they would be having a code red drill. I get to the door at the top of the west stairwell in the 1200 building. We hear gunfire. I assume that it's a code red drill because they told us earlier in the day that we we're going to be having a code red drill. I assumed it was blanks. The shooter then starts opening fire into classrooms on the first floor. He opened fire at the door and just started spraying through the door. The good thing the door is locked. The shooter shot through the door, poked in, shot a couple people next to me. One of the kids, his name is Matthew Walker, he was videotaping. I was on fire the class and he just started shooting through the door at the other kids in the other corner. He took a picture of the laptop at the end and that laptop was at my desk and it had three bullet holes through it. Four kids in my class, they got shot. And two of them, Nick Warren and Helena Ramsey, they didn't make it. And then the second. So you're in the bathroom on the second floor and you hear the gunfire and your twin sister is downstairs in the in classroom. In the classroom I was in. My sister was running, she was in the bathroom at the time and she ran from him. And I contacted my sister and then I was in third floor upstairs and then we just heard gunshots and then me and my friend uh, ran outside the class we ran downstairs and then right after that I looked back up and he got shot in the head so I just ran to a different class. Shooting then begins on the third floor. 
all of a sudden you hear bah, 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 in the fire in the stairwell and then my teacher right away she goes like this she she opens her classroom right away and she's like everyone get in all of a sudden i heard gunshots in the stairwell which is about 20 feet away from my room so i just went in this very strange autopilot mode where i pivoted on my feet I unlocked my door and the kids just started pouring in my room. I don't know how many kids were in there. I don't know how fast he got up those stairs, but it felt like he got there like that. And then all I could hear is bang bang on our floor. I was on the third floor, the highest floor, and I just felt like he was right there. When I saw a shooter, I dove into that little cubby. And I got, as I was diving, I was hearing the gunshots and so it hit one, at least one hit me. But somehow he managed to run down three flights of stairs on that badly wounded ankle and make his way outside. I grabbed the handle with both hands and that's when I got nicked or grazed or whatever you call it. <laughs> a bullet hit your arm. Yes. I thank God to this teacher who opened up her door and then all of a sudden she got shot in the arm trying to open the door. As I'm closing my door, I'm shouting at my next door neighbor, Mr. Scott Beagle, to close his door. and. He's the kind of man that would just keep that door open a little longer, but he couldn't see the shooter. I had a good visual of him, which is why I yelled at him to shut his door now. Everyone started running back to the class because he was blocking the door. So the door was so open all the time. I just, I didn't know how we're alive. I heard him shoot a barrage of bullets into Mr. Beagle's room. And then the other teacher, he got shot in the head, trying to protect the other students. On the way out, that's when I saw Mr. Beagle laying on the ground, and I saw um, my students laying on the ground. I lost two students and other bodies and carnage everywhere. Dead bodies around the floor and blood all around the floor. How many people? Like five on the third floor. Did they look like students? It was one teacher and four students. Despite teacher Scott Beagle being killed on the third floor, among numerous others, according to official accounts, no one was shot there. Why are they covering up what happened on the third floor? Stacy LaPel clearly described the shooter in full tactical gear. And then I suddenly saw the shooter about 20 feet from me, standing at the end of the hallway, actively shooting down the hallway, just a barrage of bullets. And I'm staring at him thinking, why is the police here? This is strange because he's in full metal garb, helmet, face mask. Uh, bulletproof armor, shooting this rifle that I've never seen before. She wouldn't be the only one. Now, some one student told me that the shooter was wearing a bulletproof vest and a helmet. I didn't know that at the time because he had a mask on, so I didn't know who it was. I just saw a guy with a gun shooting at my kids. Uh, the gunman was wearing a gas mask and had smoke grenades. Yet this is too denied by officials. Senator Nelson mentioned yesterday about him wearing a gas mask and a bulletproof vest. No mention of that as we move the timeline. Can you tell us anything more about that, whether that's true or not? Or when no, off or no I, I have no reason to believe I, I, I haven't seen the videos yet. I'm going to be brief tomorrow on that, but I don't know that he had a mask on at any time. Official accounts say Cruz simply had a backpack, a soft case, and his gun which appear to be taken out of the building about 10 minutes prior to the arrest. All of this points to the possibility of multiple shooters. And uh, as we were walking the whole class together, I actually was speaking to the suspect, Nicholas Cruz. And as I was speaking to him, he seemed very, I don't, I don't know what the word I wanna say is, but um, 
he was trouble in middle school. So I kind of joked to him about it and said, I'm surprised you weren't the one who did it. And he just gave me a huh? I saw some other kid. He, when the other kid who came into the classroom, and he was wearing some type of thing. It was like, I tried to, it was like, I froze at that moment because you never know because when your gun is like pointing towards you and you you don't know what to do. You kind of just like pause. Definitely another shooter involved. But. Oh, you think he was not the only one? No, definitely not. So you think there was more than? Do you think there was more than one? Why do you say that? Um, because when shots were fired, I saw him after the fact. So, and the shots were coming from the other part of the building. So there definitely had to be two shooters involved, I believe. No, I see this figure come up the stairs with this pistol, and I guess that was him. He just ran up the stairs, started shooting, and you could see a bunch of kids just going down that way, stopping, but they pissed the other shooters. Which was also denied by officials. Do you have anyone else in custody on your stage? No, just one. We got reports of multiple shootings. Can you confirm that? I'm sorry, what's that? That there were more than one shooter. Uh, no, at this point, we have no evidence that there's been more than one shooter. At this point, we have no read. There, there are other people we want to certainly talk to. There are people, people of interest that might enlighten us as to why he did what he did. But at this point, there, at this time, there's no, uh, no accomplice or nobody else that we're looking at uh, from that perspective. It appears someone may have been detained on the third floor. The shooter as of 20 minutes ago, half hour ago, supposedly was in the 1200 building. Um, but then I heard, I heard rumors, I heard rumors that they cornered him in on the 1200 building on the third floor. Possible student fighting with them. Could have been advised the parent was with a child in a room fighting with the subject. And someone else at the local Walmart Cruz had been earlier. And I was in front of Westgate for about 20 minutes when, and then after that we got escorted to, um, to Walmart, which is right next to Westway's Middle School. And then there, as I was walking, literally a few feet from me, I see cops screaming and I see a kid in handcuffs. And I guess I was one of the suspects. Remember, at this point, Sheriff Israel stated he had not watched the surveillance footage. Police you right didn't look at the video? I, it was I, one week after the shooting, you hadn't looked at the video yet? I looked at the video as soon as our investigators uh, it, it wasn't my job to look at the video, it was investigators' job to look at the video. And we are now being told radio transmissions are missing. The report that we got tonight that some of these radio communications are missing or weren't recorded, which I think are very important, are going to be critical as we to try to try to determine what really happened in the aftermath here. The Sun Sentinel and others are now suing for exterior footage of the event. We know this was a real event. Real blood. Real victims. <laughs> Those that peddle in crisis actor lies only belittle relevant questions and anger survivors and their families. We know that Nicholas Cruz gave vast warnings that he should not own weapons. He said that he wanted to go to the military to shoot people. Like I, I remember that so clearly. I heard that he wasn't allowed to bring a backpack to school because he like they found like a weapon in there. 
So every like ever since that day, he would bring the plastic bag. That Cruz was on medications. So you could be under a doctor's care. You could be taking all sorts, all sorts of psychotic you know, medications, and you could still buy a firearm, and there's no way to detect it at this point. And he was an ROTC member, a program which trains young people how to use weapons. My freshman year, he was in my class, and I did have marksmanship with him freshman year and found a photo of him from when he was previously in JROTC. Finally, we know that law enforcement failed, and training only confused the situation, making it worse, even sending kids back into an active shooter situation. We heard the fire alarm go off and we all ran outside. And the teachers and administrators signaled us to come back inside and run back into the campus. You know, when they heard gunfire, they were like, get back in the classroom. And I was like, I'm not going back in the classroom. Nope. And I think that was the right choice, you know. I don't want to be stuck in a classroom if there's a armed shooter on the campus. I don't, that's scary. And above all else, we now know we don't know the truth. There it is. Parkland Code Red. Um, so what can we glean from that after all this time? That's the next question, right? What can we glean from that? Well, I'll say that to me, there's a lot going on. First of all, you have the medication aspect that we hinted on in the first hour. Then you have the drilling aspect of this. What are you really drilling for? See, when you're, you you get people actually inactive and, and more docile and, and not ready to uh, be engaged in real fight or flight to try to save their lives with these drills, then there's the very real question of, why in the world, on the day of, teachers would be told that they were going to have a code red drill? Now, whether or not that was supposed to happen that day or not is very bizarre. And look, again, I, I have no doubt that Cruz murdered people. Uh, they, I think the evidence is clear. The, uh, many eyewitnesses saw him. But then there's the, the, the fact that it, it does seem like the possibility of maybe one or two other shooters could be there. And when, when you're the lead investigator, the lead cop in, in a case this serious, and you're not looking at the video that day? Well, I mean, come on. Problems all over the place in that one. 100%. And I think that, you, you know, to this day, there are those questions. Uh, I think it's unquestionable that Cruz is, is part of this, but how gone from reality was he? How many red flags, they were red flag laws, like actual red flags had to be there with this guy? I mean, he made the threats online, still got a gun. He was on the medications and had mental health problems, still got a gun. Wasn't allowed to bring his uh, book bag to school, had to have a, a bag, still got a gun. Expelled from school, still got a gun. And it's like the system actually trained him via the youth ROTC program, the youth military program. So just, wow, how about that? I mean, something that needs to be looked at. All right, so 
I want to get to some next level ministry of truth uh, stuff here. Okay. Now, Nina Jankowitz is, of course, the disinformation uh, minister with the weird uh, singing and glee about how you should, you know, the Mary Poppins disinformation. I mean, th this is a real win. This is a seriously mentally ill individual. And I, and I bet you, again, dollars to donuts. Again, I got the dollars. You just need the donuts. Dollars to donuts. This person has been medicated over the years with psychotropic drugs. They want malleable morons that will do their bidding. Mentally ill people like this that think it's okay to censor people who disagree with them or pose a threat to their narrative. This, that, that, that's what a crazy person looks like. Take a good look. So um, let's, let's play this uh, disinformation clip. I think it's from C-SPAN. For both of you, since since March, what sort of disinformation and misinformation have we seen spread about COVID-19 and who's most susceptible to it? So what have been some of the main themes of disinformation and misinformation? Dr. Hotez, starting with you. Yeah, I mean, well, thank you, Congresswoman. What I saw was uh, the, the anti-vaccine groups that had rose to prominence. They've rose to prominence. First of all, let's let's just start it up. These are not in any way, shape, or form traditional vaccinations. It's a fact. Number one, even if you wanted to go that route, it has no uh, weakened version of the virus in any part of the ingredient. That's one. They are either vector-based or mRNA-based technologies that are extremely different. Okay, that, that's that's Uno. Now. They, they never proved that they would stop infection, all right, ever, not once. And their, their efficacy to do anything positive, uh, to me, it's a bad joke. All right? It's laughable. It's terrible. It's not real, okay? It's fake. It's imagination land. Uh, in Texas uh, and elsewhere in the United States uh, under this banner of health freedom, you know, when I saw COVID-19 emerge and we were working on a COVID-19 vaccine, I thought finally, aha, if, ever, if there was ever a time the anti-vaccine movement was going to go into retreat, now's the time. And it did for about two weeks. And then it re-energized in a very powerful way. What the, 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 This idea, again, that it went away for like two weeks. No, no. You used fear scared the shit out of people. You used Bernaysian talking points and lies like two weeks to slow the spread when you knew what you were planning to do with your, with your fucking bow tie, Hotez. You know, I like cursing, but hey, we're, we're in premium. Getting a little saucy with it. Sorry if there are children in the room this early in the day. But uh, uh, again, this, this is a campaign of, of literally injecting people with biological weapons run by the defense department and, and this guy's shield for it. So no, they didn't retreat. Even the people that had questioned shots before didn't say anything because 
they were hoping that you were going to be on the up and up and in two weeks society was going to be back jack instead it was pump the fear for the global hate and lie shot that that's the reality hotess just i mean that basics happened was uh, under that banner of health freedom the anti-vaccine groups glommed on campaigns against masks and contact tracing and social distancing let's stop again um contact tracing yeah i don't want you track tracing and databasing everything i do based on a pcr test that was flawed based on the fact that there is no such thing as natural immunity after you get it based on the fact that you never wanted to just test and see how many people were quote unquote asymptomatic i mean again i don't want your biomedical techno fascism health freedom crowd no no I, I don't want your police state and i don't want your injections for the feeble-minded okay your injections for the feeble-minded i don't need your little eugenics program hotez you make me ill and this became then a full-on uh really anti-science anti-public health uh, campaign and and that's been very damaging here in the second peak of the COVID epidemic. They were always constantly peaking, right? Remember when they told you that the flu completely disappeared? Even Fauci said there was like no death, vir virtually none. No one died. The flu disappeared. We say anything we want. We are the science. We got a crazy person named Nina. See, my singing is less crazy than that, and it's horrible. I mean, look at this clown show. This is the dark circus. Across the southern states, we've seen people without masks in defiance, and uh, and and this is uh, I you know I can't attribute an exact number of deaths, but if you look at the two peaks of deaths that we've seen in the U.S., that first one in March and April, about 120,000 deaths, and and then the second peak 80,000 deaths i would say a big percent a significant percentage of that 80,000 deaths are due to disinformation <laughs> let me explain it to you there are 200 that he's saying claiming 200,000 deaths now if that were true which which it is not because a lot of people died with it they had heart disease they they were elderly they'd already lived past well past life expectancy now, as far as deaths go, you you can attribute like 30,000 wouldn't have been saved by like any kind of medication for the flu, but a whole lot more would be if you didn't give them, I don't know, the vitamin C, the vitamin D, if you poison them with remdesivir, if you put vents on them because they were diagnosed with this. Just really disgusting people here. So, so actually your misinformation, your disinformation, your hate and lies, your protocols, the shit you were pushing killed people in the hospital that could have easily lived. You didn't want to give them budesonide, inhaled steroids. You don't want to talk about nitric oxide in an aerosolized format. A eh, Hotez? I mean, these, these people are gross. You know, we talked about school shooters and killing kids and how disturbing that is but think about how many young people and children have already been massively injured or yes died 
because of the hate and lies injections. Like the like, and these people still are authoritative. Who's the bigger problem, societally, really? Unfortunately, and, and believe me, I'm I'm disgusted and disturbed what we had to talk about in in the first hour. Period. And then the White House uh, began a disinformation campaign, uh, and it was all around. A minima, doing everything they can to minimize the health impact uh, or, or the perceived health impact of the COVID-19 uh, epidemic. This is when we began to hear statements that 99% of the cases are harmless. It was the flu, uh, disparaging people who wear masks, uh, uh, discount the contribution of asymptomatic individuals. And then this uh, really uh, concept of herd immunity, which was twisted in a way to make it sound as though we had reached herd immunity. And once again, once they told you that herd immunity wasn't a real thing and that even the people that had given antibodies for things like uh, monoclonal antibodies and Regeneron in particular, they were still going to take the hate and lie shot. And they told you it wasn't going to be one hate and lie shot. It was going to be at least two hate and lie shots. And don't worry, we're going to boost, boost, boost you up. If you were listening to Gates, it was three to five and all the time, baby. Therefore, they were, were close to it, and therefore, there was no reason to uh, take on any of these measures. And it had the appearance as though it was uh, done to show that the economy uh, was was paramount and, uh, and the health concerns were really unwarranted because uh, this was designed to damage the economy somehow. And it certainly was. And, and again, that's not a conspiracy theory. Uh, only certain aspects of the economy. The other economy would be propped up through this false idea that we have capitalism when they would stop the stock markets when it was collapsing and just interject money. Fed stuff, just print money, print it, print it, print it, print it. And now they're mobilizing the IRS after your ass. And they're visiting Matt Taibbi. Yeah, it was the implosion of the little guy. And again, this has had serious consequences as well. And now the internationalization of this with this anti-mask rally and, and rallies in Europe and Germany and London. And I feel I can trace it right back to the original anti-vaccine groups that were really gaining strength in 2015. This is all of the uh, continuation and expansion of this. So it is a full-on anti-science disinformation empire. And then Full-on anti-science disinformation empire. So this is the part where you take a look in the mirror and you say exactly what you are and project it onto those pesky people questioning shots all the way back in 2015. That's what that is. And now they're starting to target uh, individual scientists who get in the way of it. And we've, it, the, the attacks on Dr. Fauci have been well publicized, but, uh, you know, even, even individuals like myself and others, uh, this is, this is causing us, uh, a, a number of issues on a number of fronts. So let's, again, here's the inverse of reality and the projected lie. Fauci and I are the victims, people that don't, believe us or dislike us are the problem we're the saviors when in reality they had the largest platforms they were the authoritative sources their policies 
were not only echoed throughout the establishment, but put into place. And the actual censorship happened to actual scientists that were pointing out the actual data. Okay? You understand? After a bioweapon, the virus itself, that had been created in a laboratory, in many laboratories, okay, shared and created throughout many laboratories, was then seeded, not accidentally released, through the planet. And then we have to bend the knee to guys like this, who, who are the victim. Boy, they and this really caused problems for Dr. Fauci and myself. Help, Nina. Yeah, these attacks on science are obviously very concerning. And now they're they're morphing into attacks on scientists and and this myth of herd immunity. We even the myth of herd immunity. Are you listening to these people? The myth of herd immunity. That's like saying the myth of sunshine. The myth of breathable air. The myth of chocolate pudding pops. All exist, but it's a myth. Heard the, that that repeated by Senator Paul in in Senate hearings, uh, and thankfully, you know the doctor, the myth of herd immunity repeated by Senator. You mean Doctor Rand Paul, whose dad's a doctor? And the myth of herd. It's incredible. It's simply incredible. And I can't say any of this on YouTube. Zippity doo da. This is no YouTube video. That's why you're coming over to Red Voice Media. You're listening over on Podbean. Dr. Fauci pushed back on it, but but you know it has it has penetrated the the uh, the discussion at the highest levels of government, which is obviously concerning. Um, Nina, what, what are you? Are you uh, herd immunity does likely exist, and it, they may have reached it now in Manaus and Brazil and the Amazon, and and the number is 66 percent, like like predicted by the equation one minus one over the reproductive number of the virus. And it's two thirds of the population uh, uh, potentially re re required to reach that level of herd immunity. And by the way, that went to 70, then 80, then 90% when they got there because they, they just moved the goalpost. And, and, and again, in retrospect, you look at Sweden, didn't have the masks, didn't put the lockdowns into place. You know, how, how did they fare compared to every, oh, fine. I, I, I mean, the numbers are in. The lockdowns worked for one thing, and that was crushing us, crushing we the people. And the public health implications of that it would be absolutely catastrophic for the United States. So one to two million deaths easily. Not to mention all the people being infected and hospitalized and overrunning our, our public and the long, health. And the long-haul survivors. Right. Thank you. The long-haul survivors. You know, what, what are you seeing in terms of the kinds of disinformation that's, that's spreading? So I would agree uh, with Dr. Hotez about, you know, the basic themes that we've been seeing, the anti-science tenor to all of this. Um, there are some, you know, really wacky conspiracy theories about microchips being they love oh they can't get oh they oh the microchip line they i, I mean if you've been watching the program hey the the my the, the really the microchips what they love that one oh they loved it 
implanted in people who receive the vaccine. Uh, there are, you know, conspiracies about how 5G interacts with a potential vaccine. Um, but the one thing that I think is interesting that I would just kind of, as an overarching, or overarching architecture, add to what Dr. Hood has said is that um, the way the anti-vax movement is targeting other conspiracy movements using the infrastructure of social media is pretty unique to to this crisis because, again, of the emotional nature of all of it. So, um, for instance, I was doing some research about uh, Facebook groups earlier in the pandemic over the summer. And, and by the way, you know these people are very smart because in their shot you can see books. They read books books they're hotez and jankowicz uh jankowitz is very they, they are very intelligent book reading people at the time the facebook groups algorithm was still fairly extreme um the recommendation algorithm they've toned it back now and kind of reduced the prominence of censor uh, like reduce the i mean they, they open see this is what i mean facebook openly bragging about censorship youtube openly bragging about censorship instagram openly bragging about censorship they are trojan horse civilian systems of the government period recommendations which i think is a good move although uh, it has come a little bit late, but just to give you an example of the, the type of, uh, you know, routing that someone who was interested in health freedom or, you know. Oh, if you're interested in health freedom, get ready for it. QAnon sense. All right. That's that's a hundred, white supremacy. And, and let's see if she uses the Nazi term because I'm far right. I mean, you, you, you name it. It's going to be there. So not wearing a mask might have gone through in May or June. Uh, if you joined a health freedom group, you would very soon be recommended to join uh, anti-vaccination groups, white supremacist groups, QAnon conspiracy groups. And now if you go across all of these groups, some of them have been removed. But if you go across them, the content is largely the same. It doesn't matter if you're in a QAnon group or another conspiracy group, an anti-vax group. They're sharing and cross-pollinating across all of these conspiracy theories. Do you see why I get so upset when people trivialize and lie about certain things? And, and especially the deaths of people. The, the Johnny nonsense itself. Come on now. Come on. I, I mean, I've had people tell me again, I'm Mark Dice. I'm a reptile. They made videos on it. That, uh, those same people Jason Burmis is in league with in the anti-vax white supremacy QAnon movement with the side of 9-11 truth. And that's what really that's really why he hates transhumanism. Um, and it's having very, very damaging effects on public safety and public health, uh, not only related to the precautions that people are taking with regards to the virus, but uh, also, in my opinion, the violence that we've been seeing. The violence. There is no violence. Like, what violence? The violence we've been seeing. What violence? Some of the protests and kind of antagonistic behavior by some of the reopen and, and anti-mask uh, protests. We want to reopen our business. They're bad. They're violent. No. No. Yeah, these people are the new Gestapo. Again, and they're amplified. They're the authoritative source that we've been seeing so it's very troubling um and i think the, the social media companies were far too slow to react 
to the the type of contagion that was going on in those communities. And and everything again, even then they're getting ready. Everything's a contagion. Everything's virus related, right? Like 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 the information is now contagious. And it has a pandemic-like spread because eventually, just like climate, everything's got to be an emergency, a pandemic, an excuse to shut you down. And that's an excellent point that that people get caught in this in this self-affirming feedback loop, and then the algorithms pick up on that and keep recommending more of the same back to them, and so they get they get these ideas cemented in their head because of the re- mere repetition of it. Absolutely. So, yeah. I think one of the game changers from what I can see, and, and again, I, I haven't studied this systematically. It's just being the uh, OG villain, you, you, get a, you get a lot thrown at you, so you start to see some interesting patterns. And one of them... I mean, uh, he embr- think about it. He, embr- he embraces his role. He's proud of it. He thinks it's funny. He's laughing in your face. That's how arrogant this guy is. Uh, is the fact that the, when they were in anti-vaccine groups, their funding was modest, their bandwidth was still modest, but by pivoting to health freedom, they started getting uh, uh, campaign contributions, political funding uh, that... I, I mean, these uh, you're, when you see HOTES, all right, the kind of funding and promotion, and I'm sure book sales, and paid contribute guaranteed multimillionaire hotes guaranteed he's going to tell you all oh, the funding has come in for the movement really expanded uh, uh, across uh, many many states in the south and in the west and now by linking to QAnon and and others this becomes kind of front and center of uh, a far a far right wing extremist movement that seems to be uh, gathering funding as well. So it everything's far right, everything's extremist. I can't stand it. I'm a constitutionalist, Peter. All right, I'm not part of any groups. All right, Peter, and I know what you're about. It's all talking points. It's lumping people in. Listen, at the end of the day, bottom line. They want everybody to be a possible domestic terrorist. They don't want you to be able to use your constitutional freedoms. That sustainability movement, the global governance movement, all of it is about eroding the individuality of us all and that freedom it provides to be a self-sufficient individual, a self-responsible individual and make individual decisions about their own life. No, it's all about the collective to these people. It, it whereas in the past, you know, it was uh, uh, it was you know some really terrible stuff on Twitter or or other forms of social media, but never gained critical mass. It didn't gain momentum. Now it seems to be amplified by well-funded, well-organized groups uh, that uh, that are have become very powerful and now dominate. No, what it, what it means is the vast majority of people don't like it. When you go up on somebody's stoop with Dr. Fauci and the gang, he tells you how this is about fear and control. It's a campaign of fear, Hotez. 
dominate uh, the internet and uh, other platforms. And, and that's, I think, one of the reasons it's becoming so dangerous. It's become institutionalized uh, and linked to well-funded groups. And of course, uh, the Russian trolls and bots and, uh, are not helping all, any of this uh, and also us. And they throw in the Russian trope. Could it be any more obvious how fake that guy is? I am a documentary filmmaker. Loose Change, Final Cut, Fabled Enemies, Invisible Empire, A New World Order, Define and Shade the Motion Picture are free right here, right now at redvoicemedia.com, amongst other places. Uh, check them out if you were here as part of the broadcast. Watch Code Red, and it piqued your interest. You know, that's something I spent about a week on. Um, and again, 25 minutes. Definitely could have been better. Uh, would have loved to do individual interviews. Maybe that is something to follow up on. Um, I, I still think holds up and is interesting today, but these are the big boys right here. Uh, I want to say it again. All the issues we talked about today, were, they're not left-right issues. They're right and wrong issues. They're how we deal with each other and ourselves as human beings. All right? And hopefully how we can make a better world out there. I absolutely love you guys. Thank you for joining me, and I will see you all on the flip side.